Les Miles told me I couldn't play receiver uh, when I was coming out of high school. So, you know, that was something I had on my shoulders growing up. Les Miles told me uh, he thought I could play cornerback. Um, I wasn't really in full position at receiver yet. So, you know, I just kept working in my craft uh, off season, waking up early in the mornings to work out. Um, I just kept focused. The Las Vegas Review Journal. Welcome. Like, if they're like, you know, you've got to decide right now, right yeah. this second if you're playing next year, I, I would say no right now. It's two days after the season. I'd be like, no, I'm not playing. Like, it's way too soon. But, like, you got to give it some time. You got to rest. I would say to see how everything goes, you know, how everything plays out. Cocaine isn't cheap. There's never been a doubt. There's never a finger pointed this or that. And this coach is not there and all this kind of, like, we just, nobody cares, you know. And we have a bunch of guys that believe that and just keep going. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Don't forget, nobody cares. Coming up a little bit later in the hour, we've got Garth Brook tickets to give away. I made him singular. Garth Brooks tickets to give away. So stay tuned. If you want to go see Garth Brook or Garth Brooks, we will have tickets for you. Um, all right. Here's a tweet from Benjamin Albright that I thought was interesting and dumb. If Aaron Rodgers does leave Green Bay, wouldn't be surprised to see them pursue Marcus Mariota. Mr. Bridge. Mr. Bridge. All right. Let's let's figure this out. Why would the Packers want Marcus Mariota? They've seen Jordan Love play. And, and they think they he's don't, so they, bad. They, think they don't think he's the guy. So That he can't be Marcus Mariota? Bring a guy in for a year. Okay, so here, if you're the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire, or if somehow you trade him, which again, as we've discussed, I think would be incredibly dumb. But if if the Packers are without Aaron Rodgers for next year, I think the number one most obvious thing they need to do is play Jordan Love, the guy they drafted in the first round, to find out if Jordan Love is any good at football. And if you find out he sucks, all right, he sucks. But in any event, if the Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are not Super Bowl contenders. No. If the Packers have Jordan Love and he's good, then they probably couldn't contend for that division. They might win that division if Jordan Love is actually good. But if the Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers, they're not winning the Super Bowl. What good would acquiring Marcus Mariota do? Because if you have Marcus Mariota, you're also not winning the Super Bowl. What would be the Packers' goal as an organization if they brought in Marcus Mariota? To win nine games? I mean, the only the only reason I see this is they've seen enough of Jordan Love, but I'm with you on how could you've already seen enough of him that you're going to give up on a first-round pick. It's not like to pick the guy in the sixth round. Right. And he stinks, and you're like, oh, we, were, we made a mistake, but it was only a six-round pick, so we can deal with that. Let's go get somebody else who, again, can act as a bridge for a few years before you get the next guy whether it's drafting or, or trade or however you get whoever the next guy is. Yeah. I just, the dumbest thing they could do would be to not give Jordan love a chance, right? You would basically be taking that first round pick and throwing it away without even giving it the opportunity to play. You might have seen him and been like, eh, this isn't going to work out. But if Aaron Rodgers is gone, you're not winning the Super Bowl next year. You might as well see what Jordan love is. And if he sucks, Great. The Packers probably pick it in the top 10 next year. Yeah. And that's that's better than winning nine games with Marcus Mariota and picking 20 seconds. Yeah. It's just it'd be dumb. I just cannot figure out any logical reason why they would want Marcus. Mariota. I don't know where he got this. 
I don't either. Now, let's talk about Marcus Mariota. Do you think he regrets signing with the Raiders? Well, he did. I don't think he regrets the money, but I do think he regrets that he had zero starts. I think he, I mean, I'm sure when he's when he signed, he knew Derek Carr was the starter. But yeah, I think he regrets looking back that he hasn't started one game and threw he threw 30 passes. I mean, I think he wanted to play a lot more. I think he probably thought, hey, I've been a quarterback in the league. I've been a starting quarterback in the league. Uh, I know Derek's the starter, but um, perfect example was uh, was it last year or the year before? Four left, and they were out of the playoff picture, and everyone's like saying, let's go. It wasn't last year. It wasn't just. Just give the guy a shot. It wasn't just out of the playoff picture. Derek Carr hurt his groin in the game against the Chargers. Right. And the next week, Carr came back and played. And everyone's like, what's the point of this? Why are you giving this guy $10 million a year and he can't get on the field? Right. When Mariota actually, you know, played, he had a turnover, I think, in overtime that helped cost him the game that he played against the Chargers. But. He played pretty well for the mm-hmm. most part against the Chargers, and it was like, all right, see what you have in Mariota. Because the Raiders at that point, they could have conceivably traded Mariota in the offseason. They could have said, hey, we're going to trade you. Look, you played well the last two games of the season or whatever it was. We're going to trade you to a team that wants a stopgap quarterback. Because that's the type of team that would want Marcus Mariota is like the 49ers. Right, that's the that's the path to success. If you have Marcus Mariota, the rest of your team has to be good. You got to be the Titans, right? Mm-hmm. Where the rest of your team is good, and your quarterback is there to a not screw it up, but b make a few plays every now and then. So are the is, Packers in such salary cap hell that they couldn't be that team? Where they're pretty good everywhere else, and they're like, all right, don't screw things up here, man. Are they good everywhere else? Well, who are their wide the receivers? That's the question. If you don't have Rodgers back, are you bringing Devontae Adams back too? I feel like you still do. You still franchise tag right. him, but maybe you're trade franchise tagging to and trade. trading him. So, like, if you don't have Devontae Adams, your wide receiver group sucks. Uh, your offensive line and, and running game is solid. Uh, your their defense was good their this year, but good. not by any. But it's not like the defense wasn't. Oh, that's going to carry them to a Super Bowl with an average quarterback. It's just not the case. So. No, I I mean, maybe they could be, but again, they're 40-something million over the salary cap there, so their roster's not going to be exactly the same. My question on the Mariota side, he did make twelve over $12 million, but didn't make a start. Does anybody in the NFL view him as a viable starter right now? Like, maybe the Packers apparently I mean, do, according to this tweet from Benjamin Albright. But you are haven't there teams, seen him. Right, are there teams out there that say, we want that guy to be our starter? If you need a stopgap, as of today, because he retired, basically your options are Fitzpatrick or Mariota. Who would you go with? Right. I mean, yeah, you could do Fitzpatrick, Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Tyrod Taylor. You yeah. said yesterday. We got a bunch. of <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo might get traded if the 49ers decide to turn it over Trevor to Trey Simeon. Lance next year. He's always, he's always available. He's 7-11. It's not a stopgap because he's not stopping anything. So, like, well, you haven't seen him in two years, so I don't know if you can make any determination if he's any better. Right. And so that's why I kind of wonder if he regrets being with the Raiders the last two years because he didn't get to play. Like, right. he had, he did not get even the opportunity to say, hey, I'm better, right? Or, hey, here's a reason you should take a shot. And that's two more years onto a career. Right. He didn't career, get that. The chance. window closes yeah. fast. Yeah. And so that's why I wonder if he regrets being here, even though. You got $12 million to basically not do a whole lot. So that's the curious part there. 
Let me ask you this on the Raiders side. If new GM comes in and for whatever reason says we're trading Derek Carr, right? We don't, we don't think Derek Carr is the answer at quarterback. Should the Raiders at all be interested in Marcus Mariota? Who are you trading him for? Trading Derek get, Carr for? Are you getting a quarterback back? Are you getting text? Yeah, I'm saying should they at all? If, uh, if Carr is gone, should the Raiders be interested yeah, in Mariota? As I a might starter? be over. I might be overvaluating him, or you know, in terms of how good I think he is. But I might be interested in. him. But again, look at the division they're in. You've talked about it often with with Mahomes and Herbert. So I don't know who you could really get that is going to match them anyway, unless you get Aaron Rodgers. But you're just saying they're going to get picks back if he's the worst option of all of the Fitzpatrick and the Jameises and the Tyrod Taylors that you have, I think he'd be fine for a year before you can make another decision on what to do. Yeah. Now, they're not going to get anyone big time at the uh, where they're drafting also, right. they, the low 20s, so they're not going to get a quarterback there that's you know going to come in and start. So maybe, I think he'd be fine for a year. And, and that's, then, like and that's the said, curious part, right, is if they win four or five games, then they're drafting a lot higher and maybe right. they can go get their guy. And so that's the curious part is – like we talked about yesterday, what's going to be better for the Raiders and like the Broncos? What's going to be better for those types of teams in the AFC where, okay, if you get a, a solid quarterback, right? A Derek Carr or even a Marcus Mariota, you can probably win eight or nine games. You can, you can find your way into the playoffs, but do you want to do that when the AFC is so stacked with young quarterbacks mm-hmm. that, okay, congrats. You got the six seed and you lost in the first round of the playoffs. Like, is that a realistic path for a franchise? And if it is, there's an argument for why you would want Marcus Mariota because Mariota is not great, but you can see Mariota with a good team you being can, fine. You can go to playoffs. And especially like the argument there with Carr and Mariota is you probably are having to give Carr an extension, right? $35, $40 million. Right. Eh, Mariota is not worth $35, $40 million. No. If you give him, if you can get Mariota for like 15 million, you got 20 million more to spend. So, the value of your team could be better with Mariota than it is with Carr. So, but do you want to have Mariota try to win eight, nine games and just lose in the first round of the playoffs and that's your ceiling? Or do you want to blow it up, try to find your quarterback? But even if you do find your quarterback, you still might only win eight or nine games because the rest of the teams in this division have their young quarterback and you lose in the first round of the playoffs anyway. Well, I think you've set up and you'd blow it up. I just don't think Mark Davis would ever blow it up. I don't think really I think did. Mark Davis is under the assumption, hey, we made the playoffs. We're really, really close, even though none of us believe it because of the quarterback situation in, in the division and elsewhere, the boroughs and elsewhere throughout the AFC. But I think in his mind, he believes they're close simply because they made the playoffs. Yeah, they won 10 games. So he's not going to bring a GM in and say, okay, I just want you to blow this thing up. We're going to go three or four more years without playoffs. We're going to try to get the right quarterback and all that. I don't think that's going to happen. They made the playoffs, and they were the last pass of the game of the season from Derek Carr from tying the right. team that's in the AFC Championship yeah. game. I think that's how Mark Davis is looking at it. Now, on the flip side, they won ten games. Seven of them were by one possession. What six right. of them were on the final play of the game? Like six walkoffs. Sure, they won ten games, but in reality, they're more likely going to be a they're going to lose more games next year. So, it's probably not how Mark Davis looks at it, even though it's probably how he should look at it. You know, it's going to be funny when they bring Marcus Mariota back as the backup to Derek Carr. <laughs> well, I mean, how much is he coming back for? Uh, I mean, he made, he, he made good money, $12 million over two years. If he doesn't have a, a offer from a team to be a starting quarterback. Yeah. 5 million. I mean, you probably, yeah. I, Worst fates. Yeah. I think that could be possibility, but it would just be funny if, if, 
for like three straight off seasons, we talk about the Raiders quarterback room and all this and what's going to happen. Where's Derek Carr going to be? It's just going to be funny if next year it's, it's Carr, Carr and Mariota yeah. again. <laughs> just look around saying, okay, hold on. How'd we get here again? And, and the new GM and the new coach play Mariota even less than John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and Rich Passaccia. How many years? He's an eight-year starter. He's 30, I think. How many years is the extension for Derek Carr? Four or five years? Yeah, it's probably five. I, yeah, 35, 35, 40 million a year. I think what what Tom Brady has done for the position is make everybody think 35 is not old for a right. quarterback, even though 35 is still old for a quarterback. Like, I will say the benefit to Carr is he's not a mobile quarterback, so he's the one that conceivably will age similar, more similar to Brady, yeah. right? Where, yeah, when you're 35 and you haven't been using your legs your entire career, you don't need to start using your legs right. when you're 35. You can, as long as your arm or is 44. still strong. Yeah, or 44. As long as your arm still works, you'd probably be just fine. So I think, yeah, it's probably five years because somebody out there is going to be like, oh, yeah, Carr's going to be even better for the next yeah. five years than he has been. So I think that's yeah, five years is kind of a easy thing to do. Hell, Carr might want more than that. Carr might oh, be yeah. like, give me eight. Give baby. me seven or eight. Like, let's go. Let's make it a long-term commitment here. I'll be 38. Everything will be fine. And then I'll sign another contract after that. Keep me playing until I'm 43. So, yeah, I think it's it's an easy at least five years for, for Derek Carr somewhere. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I wanted you to see these player evaluations that you asked me to do. Bischoff's Briefs. I asked you to do three. Yeah. Bischoff's Briefs. To evaluate three players. Yeah. How many did you do? Bischoff's Briefs. 47. Okay. Actually, 51. I don't know why I lied just then. Are you ready for some soccer? I'm very excited. I thought we were going to do this early in the show. And when we didn't do it, I got very nervous. And I said, my God, I hope we do the soccer today. World Cup qualifying is back. The U.S. plays El Salvador today. Four o'clock start. Early game against El Salvador. So they're going to play three games over the next five days, six days, right? At the end of that, next week, I should be in here on Thursday telling you that the United States has basically qualified for the World Cup. Most likely they won't have clinched a spot, but it'll be like 99% that they are going to the World Cup. That should be what's happening on Thursday. Coming into this group of games, Canada leads the group 16 points. United States is second, 15 points. Mexico and Panama are third and fourth. They both have 14 points. Costa Rica, fifth place with nine points. The top three go directly to the World Cup. And the fourth place team goes into a one game playoff with another country to go to the World Cup. So the goal here is to be in the top three. This window, we play El Salvador at home. We play at Canada and we play Honduras at home. We should beat El Salvador and Honduras at home. We should get six points from that. Playing at Canada is maybe the one questionable game of this window. Uh, if they walk away with nine points from this window, incredible. That's as good as you can do. They're basically in the World Cup. If they get seven points, that's great. That's basically the same uh, purpose as getting nine. If they get six points, eh, it's fine. 
uh, losing to Canada might not be so great because that'll put a little distance between Canada and us in the standings. Anything less than six, disaster, right? If they don't win at least two of these three games, disaster, fire somebody. Uh, But the final window, the last three games after this are Mexico, Panama, and at Costa Rica. The goal here is to make those three games as irrelevant as possible, right? We don't want to have to go to Mexico and have to get a win or a draw to make the World Cup. But Panama coming here, we should beat Panama at home. Like, we should. But Panama is one of those four teams. If if that game has relevance, right, if that has stakes to it, I don't want to be playing Panama with, hey, the loser's got to go to a playoff to make the World Cup. And same with going to Costa Rica. So, very important that they take care of business now and make the final three games of World Cup qualifying irrelevant. That starts with beating the hell out of El Salvador tonight. The problem is they drew 0-0 with El Salvador earlier in World Cup qualifying. So tell us about Canada because I think they're in top 50 in FIFA, but they're leading this uh, leading this group. How good are they really? Uh, they're pretty good. They're probably better than Mexico. I mean, they just did beat Mexico. They're probably going to be better than Mexico for the next three to four years. They've got a pretty solid group of young kids. They have the best player in the region. In the Alfon- region. Alfonso Davies, they're, what is he, left back, right back? Can't remember which one. He's the be- he's the best player in the region by far. He's better than Pulisic, better than anybody in Mexico. Better than Pulisic. Oh, yeah, he's the best player in the region. The key for Canada, though, so far, they have had basically no injuries in World Cup qualifying. They're going to be without two of their, like, four best players for the next two games. So they've got in they for the first time they've had injuries. So their depth is not as good as the United States depth shouldn't be anyways. Maybe it ends up being, but their depth shouldn't be as good as the United States depth. So that's going to be the big test here for Canada is do they have the depth? Cause they're starting 11 is really good, right? They're yeah. the 11 guys they put on the field for most games. And it's, it's like 13 or 14 guys. They've rotated some is really good, but now that they're going to have to deal with some injuries to some key guys, it'll be interesting to see. They're attacking-wise, they've got great goal scorers. Kyle Lahren, like they've got guys that can absolutely score a whole bunch of goals. They're more questionable at the back, I guess. But they should be good for the next few years. Like this should be, in all honesty, it's probably the United States 1, Canada 2, Mexico 3. Why, is Mexico aging guys years. out? Yeah, they're just they're not as good as they have been in the past. It's not as good of a Mexican team. They they lost to us three times in a year, yeah. so that doesn't happen. It's just not as good. And and Canada's kind of on the upswing like the United States is. Like I'm obviously overly optimistic about the United States, but I genuinely think the United States is going to be awesome for the next 8 years in soccer. Like I think we're going to be really good. I not Mexico, that we can win it. Right. Just Mexico isn't they don't have the same upward trajectory right now. That could change in two years. They could have some 15-year-olds that right. by the or next time, awesome. yeah, next time yeah. we're qualifying for the World Cup, those guys are incredible. But as of now, it's probably U.S., Canada, Mexico. The annoying one is Panama still exists in this World Cup qualifying. Like if Panama would just go away. Then it'd be over. Then the three of us could go and we'd be in the World Cup and Panama wouldn't be annoying. But Panama's out here being annoying. Panama plays away to Costa Rica today. So we're cheering for Costa Rica because if they lose to Costa Rica, that helps us out quite a bit. But that's what we're going for. By the way, the United States roster for this window, pretty good on health. Uh, Zach Steffen, I think it's a back injury. He's one of our top two goalies. He's not going to play. 
which should be fine because Matt Turner should be able to play all of them. The only real major injury we have at the moment is Gio Reyna, who is like our second best player. But he has How old is Gio Reyna? Like 19. Uh, he's only 19. I, he might have turned 20, I think, or something like okay, that. Okay, I thought but, yeah. Gio Reyna was older than that. No, 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 no. I thought he's he was older than that. 19. Now he's 20. He's done. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I literally did think he was like mid-20s. No, no. He's I did. super young. But he hasn't played in months. He plays for Dortmund as his pro team. He didn't join us. He didn't come to, this, to the United States for this qualifying window because Dortmund is like planning, hey, he's going to be healthy for the very first game after the international break. So... Dortmund's kind of screwing us a little bit okay. here without giving us Gio Reyna, but we don't have Gio Reyna. We don't have Zach Steffen outside of that. Everyone else. It's pretty much as healthy as you could ask the, the United States to be. I mean, obviously Pulisic gets hurt every four games he plays. So he'll probably get hurt in one of these <laughs> three games in this window, but like it's about as healthy as we could be. So this is, there should be zero excuses. El Salvador at home. We're playing them. The temperature is going to be like, zero degrees tonight apparently like it's going to be super cold we did that on purpose because we're like hey yeah, you guys have never seen snow before so come play in it there should be zero excuses for us we should beat el salvador tonight we'll see what happens against canada and then we should cross honduras crush honduras in the third game of this window and i should be telling you a week next, from today next next thursday yeah, because i think the honduras game is next wednesday so next thursday i should be in here telling you they're world in. cup baby they're and, in yeah they'd have to lose all three games and Panama would have to win or something stupid like that for them to miss it. Like we should be talking about a 99.9% going to the world cup probability next Thursday. And if they blow it, I'll be very sad and yelling. God, you'd be very, you'd be very just <laughs> pathetic if they never made the world cup this time. If they don't make the world cup, oh. fire everybody. I'm going to say based on empirical evidence, they're not making the world. Cup. We always <laughs> almost make the world cup. Yes. They'll get very, very close. We've only not made it like twice in 30 years or something like that. Yeah. Like since Eric Winalda came and saved the United States soccer team. We, it's, I think it's what? We've missed it twice since 94 or two, whatever year that World Cup was. I'm struggling with math off the top of my head. But if we've only missed it like twice in that span. We're good. We're good. We're going to make the World Cup. We should. We have to beat El Salvador. We're a small country. <laughs> we only have 300 million people. Stop it's working. hard to find soccer players when you're going against superpowers like Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, both of them. They didn't even qualify for World Cup qualifying. Yeah, that's how hard it, it is far. this year. Coming up next, J.R. Starkus joins the show. Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap. We can provide you with a wine tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink. It's Thirsty Thursday with J.R. Starkus. Who needs a drink? Before we get to J.R., I just want you to know the Saints have requested permission to interview Byron Leftwich. Like the Jags are like finalizing a deal here. To hire him, and the Saints are like, hold on. Wait, not only finalizing the deal, he's taking someone from somewhere else. (laughs) Yes. What if that guy goes, but Byron Leftwich doesn't, and he shows up like, who the hell are you? Like, well, I was was with Byron. Yeah, he took the other job. What a great petty division that is. All right, J.R. Starkus joins us. Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits Extreme Mixologist. (laughs) Good morning, J.R. How are you? What's up, buddy? Good morning. Good morning. I'm still trying to figure out what the heck makes me extreme, Uh, but yes, uh, I will take it. 
you make cocktails in very extreme yeah. situations. You're uh, scaling a mountain. You're good under pressure. You're parachuting out of a plane, making a cocktail. Uh, I, I'm actually too scared to do that. I don't have, I have no interest in jumping out of a plane. Really? Um, that's never been. No, 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 no. It's, uh, I'm, I'm not afraid of heights or anything like that, but, like, um, yeah, jumping out of a plane. I like to have what what I think is at least somewhat of control over the situation myself, I guess. Um and so jumping out of a plane and hoping that the parachute opens doesn't fall under that category for me. You're you're a little weird health guy, uh, and I know uh, the sun is. So do you do you, do, you, do you people eat cereal? Um, I, you know what? It's funny. I love cereal, but I haven't had cereal in years. Um, you'll make fun of me. I heard you guys talking about this a little bit earlier. My favorite cereal. Um, was grape nuts. I liked grape nuts with a little bit of like sugar on it with the crunch. I love that. Um, that was my favorite cereal when I was a kid. I think made that in life. Cereal were great. Life. Yeah, life cereal. Oh, I like life cereal. God. Did he just pick like the worst two cereals? Yes, life. <laughs> what, what what is life? I, no, yeah. I used to just see the boxes. I would never go near it. What is it? What does it entail? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just liked it. I don't know. It was. I, I like it because it was crunchy. Um, I also like shredded wheat. When I was a kid, All a right. little bit. All right. You know, shred, shredded wheat was good. Do you, but, okay. Uh, I didn't, yeah, Did you eat the I, box? I would, yeah, shredded wheat is is the worst cereal. Like, that is, you never stop chewing. Like, that's a nightmare, JR. What are you doing with that? No, you know, because, like, when I eat the other cereals, that like, you know, uh, like, I don't know, Honey Nut Cheerios or, or whatever. Good cereals. Like, that, like yeah, well, I... I I can't stop. Like, the sugar makes me, like, my metabolism. Like, so I'll eat the whole box, and then I'll feel like crap because I just drink, like, a gallon of milk. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. I, cereal does not fill me up. So grape nuts or, like, a shredded wheat I liked because I felt like I had to work at it and that by the time I finished the bowl, I was tired. And I was like, all right, enough of this already. Yeah. So, although I wouldn't keep eating. So you kind of just admitted that the cereal you like is gross because you don't keep eating it. No. No, I liked it. It just made me work at it. I liked it a lot. I, I would, I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I would have a couple bowls of uh, grape nuts when I was young, and you know, pay for that later. But um, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I enjoy grape nuts. They were great. They're uh, <laughs> gross cereals, Jr. Yeah. Right? Can you now, make us now, a drink? The, the life, the life, yeah, was, know, was, the life ended it for me. I was just going to say that you could definitely make a drink out of cereal. So. Like you take like a drink like a Ramos Gin Fizz or even like I made you the milk punch a couple of weeks ago. Um, you could do the same thing, but you use the milk that's left over in the bowl from the cereal. So you have like an infused milk. So you could have a Lucky Charms bourbon milk punch, if you will, um, with the milk that's left over from the, the marshmallows and whatnot in your Lucky Charms. Instant boy, recycle that milk, baby. I mean, you can do anything, can't you? You now you're taking milk from Lucky Charms and making alcoholic beverages. Nothing, yeah, that's I mean, that's yeah. why you're the extreme mixologist. Don't if you weren't extreme, you couldn't do that. What the heck? You get on all that sugar, you might as well get some booze with it, too. Get some booze with it. All right, what are you making for us today? So, you know, I was I was going through my, my liquor cabinet, and one of the rums that I have that's an absolute gem. Um, in in the beverage world is is called plantation pineapple stiggins or fancy stiggins. Um, it actually I, I thought about it too because it um, it's inspired by uh, Charles Dickens and the Pickwick Papers, and I thought that would be something that Ed would be very on. cool. Um, All right, yeah. 
Um, so this is a, uh, a rum that's kind of modeled after Reverend Stiggins. Um, Pineapple-infused rum was, is kind of a thing in, in 19th century England. Um, but like a lot of things in that time, things are popular and then they fade away. Um, it was several years ago that a couple like booze and liquor and, and historians kind of got together and decided that they wanted to revive uh, the rum that is prominently <laughs> featured in those, those, those writings of the Pickwick papers. Um, so they came back out and, and, you know, utilized a rum plantation and kind of did a couple different tricks to it and created this rum, which is plantation pineapple stigging. It is to me, probably the best pineapple rum you could get um, it because it's, it's not, artificial flavored rum. It's a dark rum that's actually infused with real pineapple. And then they actually take um, like the, the part of the pineapple, the, the outside uh, of the pineapple that you normally cut off and then, you know, throw it away. They take that part, they macerate it in rum, in, in plantation rum, and then they redistill it. So that way they have basically an essence of a pineapple rum. And then they combine it with the other rum that is infused with the actual flesh of the pineapple. So you have an absolutely gorgeous pineapple rum here. Um, and the drink that I decided to make with that was, it's kind of a, uh, I guess, a modern classic, if you want to call it that, because it was created in 2000, 2001, um, and it's called an Old Cuban. The Old Cuban cocktail is essentially a variation of a mojito, um, but rather than club soda, you're using champagne or a brute sparkling wine. There is an addition of a couple dashes of bitters. The drink is also served in a cocktail glass and not a, like a tall glass, like you would serve a mojito. The rum is dark. So the color is a little bit different as well. Uh, the way to make it is very simple, similar to a mojito. In fact, it takes, you know, six to seven mint leaves, give them a gentle muddle and a mixing tin, add an ounce and a half of the plantation pineapple Stiggins rum. Uh, you're going to add about an ounce of simple syrup. There is some sweetness to the rum, uh, but you all are also going to add, uh, three-quarter ounces of fresh lime juice. Now, a lot of the time when I make a drink like this, um, you know, I, I often balance the lemon or, excuse me, the citrus note with the simple syrup. Or in most cases, I'll actually have more citrus than simple syrup. But in this case, that's kind of reversed a little bit by using an ounce of simple syrup and three-quarter ounce of, of lime juice. And the reason for that is because when we add the sparkling champagne or the brute sparkling wine at the end of this drink, um, that will also dry out the drink. So if, if you have too much citrus in it, the drink will become maybe a little bit bitter or too dry for the general palate. So uh, it's important here to add a little extra simple syrup. So ounce and a half of rum, three-quarter ounce of fresh lime, one ounce of simple syrup, two dashes of an aromatic bitters, um, and then you take all those ingredients with the mint, add ice, shake it. Um, no, no sparkling wine yet, but once you shake the drink, you're going to strain it into a chilled cocktail glass or like a martini glass of sorts, but you have to double strain it. And the reason you're going to double strain it is because when you shake with the mint in the tin, um, the mint will naturally, it'll tear up and break up. Um, and you do, you, you just generally don't want that in your drink. It'll get stuck in your teeth and it's not very pleasing for the palate. Uh, so you're going to double strain it. Just do like a tea strainer or something like that into your cocktail glass and then top it with some chilled sparkling wine. It usually only takes maybe an ounce or two of sparkling wine. Uh, garnish it with a piece of mint. And you have an absolutely glorious cocktail uh, that's called the Old Cuban, uh, made with plantation pineapple stiggin. And it is, it is an incredible, incredible drink with a great rum. This rum can be consumed on its, on its own, on the rocks, or 
however you want, but if you want to use it in a cocktail, this is a great way to do it. Charles Dickens would have loved it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And I, and I thought about you today, you know, I was like, Oh, it's like, Ed will love this. Anything that has to do with writing. And, um, you know, I know he's not necessarily your, your, your number one on your list for favorite writers, but I knew that you would appreciate something with, uh, that kind of history. Yeah. To it. Good for you. Entire time. All I thought of was like Jack Sparrow and Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Did you put yourself there? It's like Captain Jack Sparrow. Well, I mean, you can think about it. You know, you, the, some, a lot of those, you know, British ships and whatnot used to, you know, ration out rum every single day. It was part of their pay. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, it doesn't happen like that necessarily anymore, um, naturally. But, uh, you know, rum does have a very storied history with uh, the British Navy. Where do I buy this pineapple rum? Pineapple rum sounds delicious. It, it is very good. Uh, you can buy it at, you know, Liquor World or your favorite liquor store, Total Wine. Uh, Lee's, something like that. They'll all, uh, they'll, they'll generally have that, um, this type of rum. It will be more difficult to find this rum at like your local grocer, like a Smith's or an Albertsons. It's not generally something that they would carry. So you have to kind of go to something that's a little more uh, specialized in the, the, the liquor department, if you will, that focuses more on those things. Uh, but you can find it there. It's, it's, uh, it's incredible rum. I'll, I'll have a picture up too, um, you know, on, on JR Mix drinks so you can see what it looks like. Why would pineapple of rum have like fallen out of popularity? Who knows, really? I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like anything in our world today. You know, something's really popular, and then and then just whatever, uh, you know, your tendencies change, and so things fall out of popularity. Um, but there, are, you know, what's old is new, kind of thing, and there are a lot of great, you know, uh, early or, or 19th century uh, cocktails and beverages that are coming back into fashion now. Um, and you can see this by not only this type of rum, but, you know, look at the old fashioned, the old fashioned was a great cocktail. People were drinking and then it went away. Bourbon, right? Bourbon was incredibly popular, but then with the creation of vodka, bourbon, the popularity of vodka, uh, bourbon went away. And for a long time, you know, uh, uh, people were drinking so much vodka that bourbon was, was kind of in, in big trouble. Um, and now that's changing again, right? You, you have all these whiskeys on the market that are incredibly popular, and, and some of the most popular ones, like the Pappy Van Winkles of the world, um, are some of the most sought-after whiskeys in the world, and people will, will pay top, top dollar for them, um, and not so much for vodka. Now, vodka is still very popular, especially in our market because of all the nightclubs and day clubs, um, but you know the popularity of bourbon has started to come back into – or has not started. It's, it's been back in – um, in, in the popularity, but you know, you just, you just never know. It's the ebbs and flows of the booze industry that has weird things that fall out of, that were, are popular and that fall out of, of, of favor for whatever reason. This is all going to be on, uh, at JR makes drinks on Instagram. Yes, sir. It will be. All right. Follow him on Twitter at JR Starkus, key account executive, Southern Glares, Wine Spirits, Nevada. Yes. And you know now why he's the extreme mixologist who eats really, really bad cereal. Thank you, buddy. You got it, guys. Talk Take care. Week. Talk to you next week. Life cereal with this kid. What bad, the? Bad take on cereal. Grape oh. nuts. Grape nuts and life cereal. What were they feeding this kid when he was younger? There's What a disaster. There's an old joke where you like you pick out a cereal and your mom goes, there's more nutrition in the box than there is in the actual cereal. Apparently, J-Hard was like, the box is delicious. <laughs> it's just. When he, you... Which was yours? Honeycombs? Honeycomb. Okay, Honeycomb Cheerio. I mean, I knew what Honeycombs was. I didn't really remember. When he pulled out life, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did they still make that?
Aren't they like the um, the one of the things you get in Chex Mix? It's like that, oh. but not with any like salt I on thought it. Life was the little balls that just were like these are just like. All right, we're well, looking. That's at, kicks. Look, that's kicks. You're right. Yeah, that's no. kicks. Life cereal. It's, right. it's the little right. the like, little squares. But I don't have, think there's anything they look like on lattice. it. Yeah, but they I don't think like there's lattice. anything no. on it. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure they're just the plainest no, yeah, things. Like yeah. Chex and Mix then has Chex Mix. You put, they pour a bunch of salt and salt. powdered Worcestershire uh, sauce yeah. on it. There's different flavors of Chex Mix too. Life cereal, I'm pretty sure has no flavor. Like the only flavor you get anything is anything called Life is going to have no flavor. Life cereal. This guy. Oh my god. By the way, the the shredded wheat one, have you ever had those? No. It's like the no. worst chewing experience of your life. It's awful. It's just like you're, it's a little square that's shredded wheat, and you're just chewing and chewing and chewing. Is this it's a disaster? A, Chris Chapman asks, isn't life Mikey likes it? Do you remember that commercial? Yeah, I think so, Mikey? yeah. I definitely don't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't get it. But yeah, I think that's right. I think it, life cereals the like the Mikey. The Mikey will Mikey. eat anything. Mikey likes it. What a disaster! Starkest for someone you know with the palate of the alcohol and the fine well, that's, food. That must be the. That must be it though. Is that the, he's <laughs> got he has to keep the the alcohol palate refined. <laughs> so he just eats so horrible he's just, cereal. He's just like we we got to stay bland on the cereal. <laughs> All right. We got Garth Brooks tickets, the one-man show coming to uh, Park MGM. 702-364-1100 is the phone number if you want to go see Garth Brooks ticket sale now at Ticketmaster. But we got a pair of tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 8 at 702-364-1100. Bain around a screen from Adams. Pull up 15-footer on the way is good. Desmond Bain to that foul line jumper that he loves to come and curl around the screen. Knocks it down. Adams flips to Morant, downhill left side of the lane, spins under the basket, lays it up and in. Morant around an Adams screen now, out to the top, going to go off the bounce. Has Eubanks at the three-point line, steps into a three as Eubanks backs away, hits the front iron, the window, and goes. Ring it up. DeJounte Murray, the three is short. Jackson, the rebound, his ninth to go along with six blocks. He's your Kanika Minolta, defensive player of the game. Final tonight in San Antonio, 118-110. Grizzlies get the win. You're locked in the press box. John Moran had what, 41 last night? Grizzlies are pretty good. Pretty good. Not loving their play-by-play guy. Yeah, well, the uh, color analysts are just like randomly moaning during one of those highlights. <laughs> a little awkward. Like, I know John Moran's Might good. Might have been burping. Um, all right. First off, one correction. I think Q sent you this pronunciation. Yes. Uh, according to Q, it is pronounced Eberflus. Eberflus. Not Everflus. Okay. So Eberflus. I like Everflus better. Eberflus is still pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I can say that with a straight face while criticizing him for not going for it on fourth down or something. So Come Eberflus on, Eberflus. is the new coach of the Chicago Bears. Um, I Okay, let, make a prediction for me. By the time we're on the air tomorrow... Will Byron Leftwich have been hired as the Jacks' new head coach? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Even though the Saints have requested yes. an interview with Byron yeah. Leftwich. Okay. I hope so. Now, more importantly, McDonald's has put out, uh, I guess we're going to call this like names of... The secret menu. It's, But it's not really a secret menu. It's like you have to do it yourself. And so, like, one of the examples is just putting your hash brown on your McMuffin. 
hash brown McMuffin or putting okay. your chicken nuggets on your double cheeseburger, crunchy double. But I have a complaint here, and I can't actually say part of it out loud. But they have, if you order a Big Mac plus a McChicken plus a filet fish Hold on. A Big Mac? And then you take a McChicken and a filet fish and you take the chicken and the fish off of the sandwiches and add it to the Big Mac. He seems perplexed yeah. by this concept. Am I supposed to see what it's called? No, 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 no. Well, do you know what it's called? I know what it's called. What's it called? Surf and turf. No, no, that's a different thing. That is filet of fish plus the double cheeseburger. So I'm missing the crunchy chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So McDonald's is saying this is called land, air, and sea, <laughs> even though chickens can't fly. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Is there a bird that flies that you would rather them serve? No, my complaint is not with it being the McChicken as a part of this. My complaint is that is not what it's called. It has a name. I don't think I can say it on the radio. Um, I'll look it up and see if you can. Vamp. Vamp, guys. See, Jared knows what word it is. I have ordered it before. Out loud? Yeah, and it is not land, air, and sea. And it's burger, chicken, and filet fish. Filet fish. You've eaten that. Yeah, well, I took a bite of it. Well, yeah, it's, it's a lot of food going Wasn't on great. there. Yeah, you eat them separately. It's better that way. Trust me. But the you can't. I don't think I can say what it actually is. I'm just annoyed though because McDonald's is they're acknowledging like this. It's not really a secret menu. You're just combining. Yeah, you uh, combine items. items they already have. But I'm just annoyed that they're like, hey, we have a secret menu, and they're not using the the actual phrase. <laughs> and Jared seems upset because either I can't say it or he can't find out if I can say this word on the air. That one, I can't find out. All right, think of community standards and say it. Think of community standards and say it. Yeah, if it's uh, so like we can, there are certain words you can say that aren't on the list. Don't we have a delay? He can say it, and then Jared will punch it. All right, so I'll do it this way. Like all uh, food items at McDonald's, it starts with a Mick. So MC is the first words here. Um, The other part is something you just call a group of people, a gang, right? That's the second word there. I'm pretty sure you can say it. And then the, the last word of this is Mike Breen's favorite call when he's doing NBA games when he yells, bang! You put I, that, you put yeah, that, everybody I, put that I'm together. I'm sure you can say that. Can you? Yeah, I think so. I'm not, I can't find out if you can. I'm be, not doing it. I gave you enough clues. You guys know what it is. Had now. he just said it and not brought up that he didn't know if he could right. say it, then I think we would have, would have had escape, like an escape there to go, hey, hey, come on. Who would have thought that you couldn't say that? No, on no. It's McDonald's plus a group of people plus Mike Breen. Well, it's McDonald's <laughs> plus a. <laughs> I think you could just go, it's McDonald's plus a group of people participating in an yeah. activity. Yeah, I'd stay away from it. I'm not I'm not going to say yeah. it out loud, yeah. but I'm just disappointed that McDonald's... Well, the funny thing is, he's like, he's taking it one at a time. A group of people, which could be called a gang. <laughs> and Mike Breen loves to say bang. bang. That's what happens there. That's what, it, that's what it's called. It's not called land, air, and sea. Like, they're just lying to well, everybody. Well, why did they put that down there, then? Because they probably can't put Mick, group of people, Mike Breen likes to say bang. Okay. They probably can't put that as they're like, yeah, we are we think we're in a real company. We're not putting that on a graphic and putting it out for people. Chickens. So, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, chickens can't fly. <laughs> is it, is it... It's land, land, and sea, not land, air, and sea. <laughs> it's land slightly higher on the land. Right. What's the best one of all those? What about that surf and turf? That doesn't seem horrible. 
You're just you're just combining the the burger with the filet of fish. The one I'm most likely it's to eat horrible. is the the chicken nuggets on the double cheeseburger. You'll eat that. I'd probably eat that. Yeah, I'd probably eat the hash brown on a McMuffin. Well, McGriddle, but delicious.